A quick disclaimer. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the Doored Up podcast are strictly those of the hosts and guests of the show. and do not reflect official policies or viewpoints of any law enforcement, government, or public service entity. Nor is the Doored Up podcast officially affiliated with said agencies. The Doored Up podcast contains mostly true stories told by the law enforcement officers, firefighters, emergency medical services personnel, military veterans, and first responders who lived through them. Some names and details may have been changed to protect the anonymity of persons involved. I realize that some listeners may be familiar with these stories, and we would encourage them to refrain from commenting with any clarifying details that might violate that anonymity. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your host, Drew. Welcome back to the Doored Up Podcast. This is episode 14. This month I sat down, well, I didn't sat down with, because uh, I'm socially distancing due to COVID exposure in my house right now, uh, but I had a call into my good buddy Austin. He's a deputy sheriff and uh, Army National Guard vet just like me. That's how we met. Uh, so I called into him today and we had a lengthy chat about rural policing and everything that that entails. So sit back, relax, buckle up, enjoy the ride. This is episode 14 of the Doored Up Podcast with my good buddy, Austin. All right. So you're on days off. Yeah, I took some vacation time. Oh, nice. Just But right now I'm on normal days off. Isn't that nice that when you're on shift work, at least in my experience, it was anyway, that if you, you know, you take like three days off and you get 11 days off total. Yep. One. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. So what's, what's yeah. your schedule like as far as your split? Uh, right now I'm on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two to midnights. And then, uh, I'll stay on that for th- two more months. So I don't know. I'll change in October. Oh, okay. So you work four tens. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's not bad. Four tens, which is pretty nice. That's, I've always enjoyed it. Right. I, I, I would have loved to have worked four tens as opposed to, of course, it's not bad working three days, you know, but yeah. working twelves. So Ugh. the way we, the, our splits are three on three off, four on four off generally. Oh, okay. And then yeah. the way that it works is that you get one vacation day or one, you know, scheduled day off a month. So you only end up working like 12 days. Oh, Okay. Yeah, but it's the 12s, and then we switch back and forth between days and nights every month with our patrol and jail shifts. Oh, geez. Yeah, so that's the rough part is going back and forth. Like about the time you get used to physically get used to a schedule is when they switch you back to the opposite. Oh, yeah, no, we get three months of our, we get a three-month consecutive shift. So yeah, we only change shifts four times a year, which is pretty nice. That's not bad at all. No, and you, you know, the first month you get used to it and then, uh, the other two months are pretty easy going. Right. Unless it's nights in the winter time. Yeah. Three, yeah. Well, three. and, and you guys over there are probably 24 hour coverage now. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. we, we don't do that here. Right. Well, how many people do you have in your department? <laughs> uh, including the big boss man. I think we got eight on patrol yeah and then we got 
seven in the jail, and then six dispatchers. Holy cow. So, yeah, but for patrol, you know, if the sheriff captain don't, you know, if you don't count them, we only got seven or six of us, so. Right, and do they do they come out and work shifts? Uh, not so much the sheriff, but the captain will come out and work every now and then a weekend shift with you or something. Okay, nice. Um, but we have, you know, we have a patrol sergeant that's the supervisor for all us patrol guys. And then there's a detention sergeant and a dispatch sergeant. Okay. So that's our chain of command basically is three sergeants, the captain and sheriff. Okay. So pretty much any time that you've got a shift running, you've got a, a sergeant. In well, for that specific department or area of, um, so we have, there's only one sergeant in each, in each group. So, um, our patrol sergeant usually is working, uh, Saturdays, uh, sorry, weekends, weekend day shift. Okay. So that'll be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. And then the captain and sheriff will cover the Monday through Thursday. Nice. Um, and they'll have, we have one day shift guy that'll work you know obviously because you kind of don't want the sheriff doing everything <laughs> right that's good for him though I, yeah, I, yeah I, you know i i i'm lucky that i i could say that because i know your sheriff yes yeah he's he's a good dude he he many years ago was like you should come work for me when i had just started out with my department oh okay and uh i was like yeah okay i'll, you know, I'll consider it i'll think about it but even then the pay gap between my county and your county was considerable. And now oh, I'm sure. where I'm at right now, shit, I probably almost make as much money as he does. Well, dude, you, you know? probably make more. But <clears throat> I always keep it in the back of my mind. Like if he's if he's gonna stick around and be the sheriff for at least five more years, then maybe maybe, you know, after I retire it'd be a decent gig to come up there and He's I, not. He's he's done. That's what I heard. I was talking with somebody that had chatted with him. Oh, I can't remember what it was in the context, but somebody was saying that he's, he's done after this term, which, which is good. Cause he's been shit. He's been the sheriff for 2006. Yeah. I was going to say 15 years took or over, so. Took over uh midterm. He got put in there. Yeah, that's right. Cause, 2006. He, Cause he came from the PD. Yeah. He was a sergeant at the police department there. And there's, you guys have, it's always fascinated me, like how much like crossover and people going back and forth between the, oh, man. the yeah. city PD and your sheriff's office. Like we're, we're one, we're basically one department. Basically. Logistic wise, we're two. Right. You know, they're, they're in our building. Right. But we all, you know, we all work pretty closely together. You guys are in the same bullpen. Oh yeah. Right. Or still, you guys are still in the same building, right? Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. They're, I mean, we have our own separate offices, but it's still, you know, Hey, so-and-so come over here and look at this. And it's a PD guy, you know, it's, right. You know, they'll ask us if we recognize people and it's a pretty good relationship we have, you know? Right. And we, I will, I, I would say like, we're lucky because we have, well, at the troop level, you know, at the, at the working level, uh, we have a really good relationship with my sister department, uh, with mm-hmm. the police department downstairs. 
admin being admin and what it is like there's always some tension and you know pissing matches back and forth but overall i would say that we get along really well yeah so how many um what's the population in your county i think total or county-wide i think we're sitting at like i want to say eight thousand. right and how many square miles maybe 75 Shoot, that's a good question, Drew. <laughs> Hang on, we can Google it real quick. I haven't been asked that for a while. I'm going to Google that shit while we're sitting here. Uh, yeah. It feels like a lot when there's only six of us. You know? Right. Well, you know. 20, was it 2,200, I think? 22? Yeah, 22. Almost 2,250. 2,200 square miles. And you guys <laughs> have everything from open range prairie. Uh, you've got. Oh, yeah. A couple little small tiny bergs. Um, you've got your main county seat, which yep. is you know somewhere around six sixty five seven thousand people. Gosh, no, we're at like five fifty two. Oh, okay, yeah, it's smaller than pretty bitty. Yeah, right. And then you all the way up into national forest on the yep. on the yep. edge yep. of one of the mountain ranges there on on yep. in our state in our rural rural western mountain state. Yeah, there's a there's a funny chunk of land up there that is like a four mile stretch of a county over from me. Right. And uh, you know we we go up there and take care of stuff, but they have to come up and do the reports. Right. <laughs> so it's kind it's kind of convenient, you know. They'll you know they'll they'll ask us, hey, can you guys go? We got this going on. Can you go make sure you know secure the scene and whatnot? So we'll go up there. and so we get to, we get to do all the fun stuff and then they have to come do all the documentation. And so, yeah. Uh, and it's just a weird four mile stretch and then it starts our County again for, you know, it's just, it's kind of weird, but yeah. the mountain, the mountains kind of a, the plus side of working for the County. Right. And there's, there's actually one spot like way up in the corner of my County where mm-hmm. like that intersects with your County. I thought, uh, I just got a, klr 650 like a three weeks ago yeah i saw you you posted that you went for a ride (laughs) yesterday yeah i went up i was up on that road and i I thought about driving all the way to where your our counties meet just to send you a picture but yep i was i was tired of driving on that thing man that's a long (laughs) fucking ride man i was yeah i know that was i started from highway oh Um, yeah yeah so yeah but yeah that's uh (laughs) it's a long ride yeah i saw your i saw your post that looks like a good time. It it was a blast. I'd I'd probably want to go with somebody next time just because it's just a long drive by yourself. Yeah, but. I went up there. I God, it's been several years ago. Well, I used to go up there Far West Patrol. Like we'd have a day, you know, when you're on day shifts. That every once in a while, the sergeant would be like, "Hey, it's your turn." Well, and uh, out in the fucking middle of nowhere, out there, there's a someone had put up a street sign, an intersection street sign, Hollywood and Vine. <laughs> And uh, I can't tell you where it's at. You have to, it's like the matrix. I can't show you where it's at. You have to find yeah. it on your own. <laughs> you know? That's funny. So that was your mission for the day when you were on far West patrol was to come back with a photo of Hollywood and find to prove that you were there. Oh, I like that. Okay. That's yeah. kind of cool. And it's like, it's way out there and just, you got to know, you know, it's at the, you know, these County roads that are like almost a, fucking forest service blm two track the ones where you get a call on them and you're like where is that 
I haven't heard of that one yeah, for a long it's, time. <laughs> it's, it's out there on fucking somebody stranded out on fucking Bob's Road, you know? Yeah. All the Winter way. Time. But, yeah. And it's <laughs> what's so funny is that, you know, when you're talking with people that obviously aren't from around here, they're like, yeah, that's, you know, it's only 70 miles, but it takes you three and a half hours to get there. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the roads are so shitty, especially when it, when it, the weather sits in and it snows and those roads get wet. Good fucking luck. Yeah. Google send them to it every time. Yeah. People, I remember back in the day when I first came out on patrol, which would have been, you know, 10 years ago or so, that was before a lot of people were using their cell phones for everything and you still had Tom Toms and Garmin, yep. you know, dash mounted GPS devices. And they'd yeah. put in the, and it always would take you the shortest route. And it is listed as a backcountry byway to get from that road across that access There's from state no highway. Way. But man, in the wintertime. No way. You nope. can you can do it in the summer. Oh, yeah. Like probably between oh, June and September mm-hmm. when it's dry. But when that those roads get wet, man, good luck. Like oh, this, yeah, and they're, they're not maintained. You know, there's nobody nope. like County Road and Bridge. They don't give a shit. Like they'll come out no. and they'll they'll grade them and shit in the summertime. To a point, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, it's just no man's land out there. And there's some, like in my county, there's people that live out there. Um, oh goodness gracious! There's a couple ranches. There's a lodge up there in the in that corner of the county. Yeah, I um, remember that. Okay. So occasionally you'll get like a passerby, you know, and then. When it's hunting season, like there's fucking millions of people out there. They're all yeah. from Colorado and fucking Minnesota and Michigan. None yeah. of them, you know, you can't get a fucking resident tag to go hunt out That's- there. I lucked out two years in a row and got tags for that area and the area to the west of that that goes all the way over uh, to. And with your schedule, you're able to go do that? Um. Well, those two, <laughs> those two years. I think I was the first year I was still on patrol and that's the year that I shot that monster deer out there, that mule deer 2017, I think it would have been. And then 2018 or no, 19, 2019, I got that little, that little mule deer buck out there. uh, Mm -hmm. I'll edit that out. I'll edit that out so that nobody knows where I hunt. Right. It's a a fucking secret, (laughs) (laughs) but it's so man. Like that's oh I could go for hours about how much that shit pisses me off that residents can't draw a fucking I've never drawn an elk tag, a resident elk tag. Granted, I I try I apply for hard to draw areas and I apply for bull tags, but I have never drawn a tag ever, not once in Oh that's that's upsetting. I, I don't know. Every year that I've ever put in, I've never drawn an elk tag. So I always end up hunting general elk. Um, when I do, which is pretty rare anymore, just cause my schedule doesn't allow a lot of hunt. I, it could, I could make my schedule allow for it, but I just get so fucking busy that got other stuff going on, which sucks because my, my oldest, this is his first year that he's able to hunt. Oh man. He's already that old. Yeah. He's 12. He'll be 12 to, well, Goodness. no, today's. Today is August 31st. I'm just barely sliding in on, I will, I will get this episode uploaded today so that I (laughs) I meet my one episode a month schedule. 
Oh, um, that's funny. Yeah, I know. I'm running a little behind. <laughs> but uh, September 2nd is his birthday, so. Oh, awesome. Yeah, on Thursday, he'll be he'll be 12, which, like, I mean, shit, we were in Iraq when, when he was yeah. born. I, I barely made it home. So that's that's my metric. That's how I gauge. I'm like, holy shit. It's yeah, been a, I do it's that been with, a, It's been a few years. With uh, TJ's daughter, we met her at the same time. We came home on leave, and I got to meet her at the same time. Oh, yeah. Uh, he did. He did. So that was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we, we commiserated a lot about not being able to be home to help yeah. out our significant others at the time. So you were... Let me back up. We deployed together in 2009, um, mm-hmm. but you joined in what, 2007? Uh, it would have been 2006. I joined when I was 17. Mama, I convinced Mama to sign the papers. Yeah. Um, so officially I started in 2006, but I didn't get to the unit until after my senior year of 2007. Okay. So I graduated in 07 and then went straight to basic training and right. AIT. Okay. So I kind of got a cheat year, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really have that. I had like six months. Like I enlisted in April mm-hmm. and then I shipped out in September. So okay. I didn't, I didn't have a huge, I only had three or four drills and I couldn't go to AT Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let me go because that's the year that they went to Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this is, so for the listeners, if they're new to the show, we're both Army Army National Guard veterans. Um, we were in a field artillery unit and ended up deploying what was my second deployment in 2009 to Iraq. And, well, Kuwait and daily trips into Iraq running convoys. And Austin was one of my dudes in my squad, one of my lower enlisted guys. I think you were an E2 when we first deployed, maybe PFC. Yeah, I was uh, E2, and then mid-deployment, I made it up to specialist. That's right. That's right. That's how I worked my way up my first deployment, too. It was like, hey, you're deployed. Like, let's get you, you know, maxed out at E4 because those are, you know, we can waive those so that you're yeah. getting the most money. Out of this yep. deployment, essentially, was how my my uh, chain of command put it to me, and it was like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. So by the time I came home, I was actually E4 promotable, like within oh, a month or so of getting home in O4. Yeah, our uh, uh, sergeant first class was a big help on getting that specialist for me. So yeah, and uh, you know he's pretty cool dude. So yeah, t- Tim, <laughs> our platoon sergeant. No, 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 no. No, he was our... Oh, uh, he was our first sergeant. He was That's our first sergeant. Right. Yes. Uh, Buddy. Buddy. Buddy was our Buddy. was yeah. our platoon sergeant. We've talked yeah. at length. He's, he's Snake's brother yeah. um, from previous episodes, if, if you guys have listened to the show. And I'm I'm going to get him on the show at oh, some point. I'm gonna, that's a good one. That'll be a good one. Yeah. I want to get... I, get, I want to get both of them on the show. I want to get Justin on the show. Oh, um, there you go. There's a couple other guys. I talked to Bart about it. Um, what did he say? He said he'd do it. It just it was oh, heck yeah. just a matter of setting up timing, and we'd have to do it like this. On so 
For sure. We've yeah. got really good call quality today, but we're on Skype right now because I'm locked down, quarantined in my house for COVID because it's running rampant in my household. Uh-oh. I my wife has it. I'm pretty sure that my little guy has it. Um, so <laughs> me and my wow. oldest are like everybody just they got uh, mild symptoms or yeah they're doing they're, all right. They're doing okay. all right. It's just uh, it's like a like a really bad head and chest cold at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you know mild fevers, but I don't know. It's my wife is vaccinated and still managed to get it. So yeah, I, I don't. I'm not opposed to the vaccine. I just want some more information first, I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What. I'm all, if, if you're for it, you're for it. You know, I support you, but I'm not, uh, I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, like, I'm not ready yet. Um, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to die on the cross of, you know, I absolutely refuse that this is a, a violation of my freedoms. I mean, like, yeah. People don't fucking die of polio anymore. You know, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for that. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I don't even want to fucking open that my, door for comments and my bullshit. Kids, my kids are fully vaccinated. I am fully vaccinated, just not with this current vaccination. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't, I and don't, I don't fucking I'm not, know. Like, I'm who, not a doctor. I'm not discrediting anybody. I just, I want a little more, more time and studies before I'm shot up with some substances. <laughs> sure. I, I absolutely agree a hundred percent. So uh, I don't fucking know. That's the problem in today. Like there's no, who the fuck do you trust? Who do you believe? You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there, you know, just with the climate politically anyways, there's no middle ground to stand on. Yeah. You're either, you're either left or right. There's no, Hey, I think both might have a decent idea here and there, but yeah, like for, I mean, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, fuck anybody who tries to turn this, you know, pandemic into a political, into political leverage, like 100% from deep down from the core of my soul, go fuck yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like, holy shit, what a fucking world we're living in right now. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, man. I don't, it's not something your parents can raise you for because they've never been through this kind of thing. So right, kind of everyone's out here winging it. And and that's, you know, like last night, um, my 12 year old, he's hyper emotional, soon to be 12 year old, partly because he's going through puberty and he can't, he can't fucking control his emotions. Like he's got a lot of, <laughs> he's got a lot of hormones flying around and we, shit. We've been there. Yeah. And you know, everybody has. But he just, man, he has such bad anxiety about everything just because he's so saturated by information in today's day and age. And I don't even know where he gets it. Like, he doesn't have access to social media. He doesn't have a phone. That's one of the things that I have made sure. Like, I don't want him to be one of these little fuckheads running around with a poodle boy haircut, you know, and... (laughs) And ripped up tight jeans, just like being a fucking asshole, thinking he's entitled to the world. Like, if he wants a phone, he can have one, but he's going to have to pay for it. I agree, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to be a good uh, dad good. and make sure that he, you know, earns what wow. he gets. But he, like, at the same time, back to what I'm talking about, he's got so much anxiety about during the presidential race. 
you know, because he's hearing it at school. His teachers are talking about it. He's got current events, you know, like civics type classes where he's got to read the news every day and, you know, gotcha. report back about it. Oh, and he's goodness. like, man, like he he will break down in tears sometimes, like worrying about the pandemic and, you know, what's going on with just general political unrest in this country and everything else. And then he was asking me about Afghanistan the other day, asking me oh, how I felt about it. I'm like, buddy, I, I wasn't in Afghanistan. Like, yeah. I can understand how those guys are feeling right now to a certain degree, you know, after we left Iraq and then, boom, here comes ISIS. And oh, man, I I won't forget that, you know, being over there when we were, that was when Obama was, pull, you know, pulled the trigger on pulling people out. Yeah, right after we came home. And I you remember those guys at the MWR in Iraq, they were pretty upset that we were leaving because they knew something bad was coming. Yeah. I remember talking to one of them. They were, you know, basically like, hey, don't leave. It's like, oh, I don't. <laughs> Dude, I, I ain't got no pull like, around here. Like, sort of those, <laughs> like, oh, no, no, like, I am leaving. Like, we, yeah, yeah. we as a as a group. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. I, I think back, like, I made, I guess you could say, friends with some of the Iraqis back in 0405 because we worked with them, like, every day. I mean, we'd okay. see those guys all the time. They were decent dudes and they were at the time, you know, helping out the Americans and standing up the Iraqi interim government at the time. Like that was putting their ass out there for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, anybody that was assisting coalition troops because they were, that was the beginning of the insurgency, you know, in 04. So and I can't, you know, like, who knows? Like, who fucking knows if those people are still alive? I have no idea. And that's one of those yeah, things that, like, you can make yourself sick worrying about what could, what could have happened to everyone that you left there. That, that's something, you know, I, I was just going through our the deployment pictures and a few days ago, actually one of our guys that deployed with us, uh, he must have lost some of his photos. So he asked me to send all of mine to him. Oh, okay. So I was going through them and I had a bunch of pictures of those, uh, that little family that was next to that road into the base. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, those little kids would be there all the time. I had a bunch of pictures with them standing out there. And, yeah, me too. You know, of course, my driver and truck boss or sergeant were very open. I don't know how to word it. They're pretty laid back individuals. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, so it was kind of cool to have that kind of experience because they were like, you know, hey, these guys are pretty cool, actually. Let's get out and talk to them. You know, we right. weren't hardcore, you know. And who this was is my homie? Get away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who was, I forget. And you started out in third squad, right? Uh, I was with Ray. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought. And who was your gunner? Ray was my E6. I was the gunner. Oh, you were the gunner. Yeah, that's Ray... Right. Ray was our E6. Okay. And then... Because uh, I started out as a team Will, leader. Okay. Yeah, William. William okay. was my sergeant. Okay. Liam. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. You guys were the three the three Bs. Yeah. And then Ty was our driver. Yeah. Yeah. And I've talked with... He's he's an avid listener of the show. I keep... Which one? Ty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ty we, was awesome. We well, keep... So was, so is Liam. He was, so Ty was my, well, 
we would switch off occasionally, but he was my driver on my first deployment in 04. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still, still stay in touch all the time. So Chat on ins- I Instagram. To, I have to thank those two because when I first deployed, I was like really shy and like stayed to myself. And those <laughs> two are completely different. So like being around them, they kind of, you know, like kind of opened me up to, Hey man, just live life. You know, don't, don't take it too serious here and there, but you know, and it's kind of those guys got me to come out of my shelters in a deployment to being funny and just oh, open because yeah. they, that's what they were. They're just there to have a good time and do their job. <laughs> I, miss, I miss those guys. Like, yeah, they're when I, you know, when you hear stories about <clears throat> service members saying that the reason they, they miss or would have stayed in whatever, you know, that their, their regrets about getting out and leaving the services that they don't get to be with their friends anymore. Sure, and those, yeah. those two guys and like, I love the shit out of a man. They were just, they, Good they guy. made the whole experience bearable, you know, oh, be, yeah. suffering, as a group, you know, with good friends, make, yep. you can put up with a lot of shit, you know. But at yeah, the same time, it. it's it's that that team mentality of knowing that, like, you're that tight-knit. You know that everybody's going to do their job to make sure that everybody gets home safe. Mm-hmm. But there, with those guys, there's a lot of fucking around in between. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. Those guys are funny. So several years ago, you you know Shannon that has been on the show numerous times. Yes. yes. So me and him went down to a concert or we went down to holy oh, edit that out. And, uh, we were going to a concert. There's a punk show at the, at the, well, I can't even say the name of the theater anyway. <laughs> um, and we're like, we had time to burn, you know, like an hour and some change to, to the time that the concert was about to start. So we're like, well, and it was cold and shitty and fall. So we're like, well, let's go get a cup of coffee before we go. Like, okay. So we walk into this coffee shop and there's like this, there's like a poetry reading going on. Right. And it's okay. obviously ultra feminist. Oh no. You know? And so here's me and Shannon and we're like, oh, we're way out of place. I'm like, okay, let's just get our fucking coffee and get the fuck out of here. Right. And I look over and there's Liam and I'm like, I look at Shannon. I'm like, dude is that fucking and he's like i think it is and he looks over and sees us and he does the same you know he's doing the same thing like i fucking know those guys just so completely random so he comes over and he's like oh i'm here with my girlfriend one of her friends is up here like doing the poetry thing (laughs) like okay so we're talking we're like well we're going to this concert like do you want to go and he's like well fuck yeah so he just like (laughs) ditches his girlfriend (laughs) It just comes along with it. it was so fucking crazy and random to just run into him. Oh, and I dude. think he was like, if I remember right. He was like selling cars or something at the time, oh, okay. you know, like some random job that he's, you know, yeah. who knows? Um, I had, I had seen him, uh, I don't know, some event up at our fairgrounds here. Oh, okay. And I, I, I was working. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I just remember his face. So I was working and I walk up. I walk up to him thinking he's going to recognize me and I'm in full uniform. Right. And I'm like, 
hey what's up man and he like looks at me like why is this cop talking to me <laughs> like, and then he like you know and that was like for a split second and then he realized oh hey man like right <laughs> but it, it was just funny because he's sitting there and he's like hey what's up and he's like what oh hey man like <laughs> yeah. yeah he um he's a he was doing like fitness model shit on Instagram because he's always oh, been yeah. super oh, yeah. in shape, super fit dude. He's very much a free spirit, you know. He's yeah. he's like a like a young hippie. You don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> he's very much a young hippie, and I've always fucking respected the shit out of that because he doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks to nope. a degree. And I was you know chatting with him about workout shit a while back, and um, I haven't seen him on instagram much recently but yeah me and ty like pretty much after pretty much every episode comes out he'll listen to the episode and then he'll send me a couple messages and we'll chat oh well there we go yeah been name dropped a few times ty yeah man (laughs) yeah no no like i you know didn't know how to take him at first and then when i you know first got over there but after a bit they they had me opened up and Kind of helped me develop the character I am today in a way. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Lots, lots of people had influence on that, but <laughs> right. No, I think you've turned out well, man. From the well, thank you, like sir. You were. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I being in the role of a young junior NCO that's that's helping other people figure out how they want to do the same thing you're doing, basically, mm-hmm. like you're guiding people into, well, this is what a good leader is so that when you get here, you know what to do. This is what, you know, a good patrol deputy is a good detention officer is like a good investigator. Now a good SWAT cop, you know, you don't even realize a lot of times that you're doing it. You just want to make sure that that person understands what they need to do to get their job done. Right. Yep. Cause now you're, let's see, you've got, when I was going through Peace officer basic in 2012. You were going through detention officer basic at the same time. I remember because we were in the same academy, uh, but not in the same class. So I'd see you all the time and it was great to like see you and catch up. But that was only like a year after we got home from our deployment. So, yes. Yep. So I started 2011. Okay. And end of 2011. So you're Uh, at 10 years. Yep. Started in the jail, did two years up there and then got lucky. And one person had went to a different agency that was on patrol and another one like, no, actually two people left and they pulled two of us out of the jail and it's been history ever since. (laughs) Nice. Um, and are you, um, are you just deputy or sergeant now? No, I'm a deputy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I applied. We had that sergeant opening and the other guy that applied with me had gotten it. He's, he's got quite a few extra years on and he worked in a bigger agency. So sure. And he, he's done actually really well with it. So I don't have any, any complaints on him. Good. <laughs> it's always funny when your, your buddies like, cause I remember first coming out to patrol, like the sergeants were gods yeah. on patrol. Cause at the time, most of them had, you know, 15, 16, one guy had, 20 years plus. Oh goodness. <clears throat> and uh everything they said was like I was the sponge. I want to yeah. learn everything you know and now it's like me and my friends that are getting promoted, you know, like all my peers, like people that you yeah. know have less time in than me in my 
agency getting promoted to corporal and sergeant like that's just well, funny. See, and when i first started we had sheriff captain lieutenant oh yeah and then three sergeants right so the lieutenant was kind of like a I don't know, did the grants and kind of like a paperwork sure. position, I like, guess you could like say. An, but, like an admin position? You know, yeah, pretty much. And then they got kind of got rid of the sergeant positions because, you know, people left. And so it was just, for the longest time, it was sheriff, captain, lieutenant, and the lieutenant was in charge of all three divisions. So once that lieutenant had moved on to a different job, they decided to not to get rid of the lieutenant position and just do the three sergeants. Right. And that was just a change last year, I believe, you know, mm-hmm. last year is when it changed for what we're going through now. So, so how does your training, who does your training of your new guys that come out on the street? Uh, I, I'm an FTO. Okay. Um, our sergeants an FTO and then there's another, uh, deputy that's an fto so okay we do we do the three phases and each one of us will have the person at a different phase okay that's similar to similar to what we've we've went through and revamped our whole well as far as i can't speak to the detention division but operations on patrol it's it's very much the same but they've gone Mm -hmm. through and changed a bunch of the shit on how they like day-to-day operations and um, that's how it was when I went through was, I think I had four phases. So okay, each phase was four to six weeks, depending. Cause I remember like my phase two FTO, he didn't like my traffic stops. So he kept me for two weeks past my, my month. Cause it would generally be like you work a month, you know, with that corporal because yeah. it's the corporals or the training officers in my agency. Uh, but we have some non-corporal training officers now. Mm-hmm. which is good because those, I mean, everybody has experience that they can, that they can train somebody. Everyone's got something valuable, I think to offer even Joe shit, the rag bag, you know, <laughs> <laughs> cause we do like every agency has fucking turds, right? Like they, I, they, they make it through, they make it onto patrol They're You know, some of them get fucking promoted sometimes. Even those people have something to offer, even if it's just to serve as a bad example, Right. Like yeah, yeah, there you go. There's there's things that people can learn. Um I love training. Like I love it's not that that I want to lord over somebody and impress upon them my knowledge. Uh it's that I want to make them a contributing member of whatever organization we're a part of, right? And I want to make sure that A they go home safe. I want to make sure that they keep other people safe. And do the job the right way and just be a good oh, cop. Oh, for sure. You know? Oh, yeah. So when I when I get a chance to train people, no matter what aspect it is, even if it's just like teaching a class about how fucking cell phone technology works, I, yeah. I enjoy that shit. I like yeah. it. Yeah. You know? I, so, I agree. I'm our, I'm our uh, taser instructor. Oh, nice. Did you, did, you actually, go to the, did you go to the master instructor class? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna. I have like, not done that. Uh, our new just got promoted to under sheriff. He is one of my buddies from SWAT and working together for years. And he he went through the master instructor class down in is it Phoenix or something like that? Yeah, I think that's 
and you you go down there for like a week and get tased 300 fucking times no yeah. thanks not not my no. cup of tea man now i'm going to uh our well, our college town here in our state oh yeah um towards the end of october or beginning end of september okay beginning of october to be uh less lethal instructor from nice that's a that's so a I good class go, i get to go do all that for and then you know i'm on our tri-county <laughs> tac team here right so it's a you know, regional response swat team essentially yeah we cover three counties even though one county doesn't have any people on our team. Um, and then the other county has two, but one of the deputies from that other county uh, recently became chief of one of the small towns within that county. So oh, right. he, uh, he's uh, been a little busy, but right. yeah, I'm a, our, our three county tag team consists of mostly our, our, our PD and half of our deputies. Okay. How many people? I th- actually, yeah. I think all of, I think, I think all, but I think all of our deputies, but two of them are on the tag team. <laughs> right. So we've got, I think 10, 11 people. Okay. That's um, we've pretty got good. three snipers and then the rest are all entry team people. Okay. And do you guys, what's your, I know that we've, we've talked about this kind of stuff before that I'm always yeah. trying to get, some of you guys down to come train with us because we train every other Wednesday. You know, every other Wednesday, we, we train once a month. Holy cow! Um, yeah, it's well, and we it's gotta it's gotta be it tough. It's gotta be tough to get everybody together. It, it that that's that's a thing. Our sheriff is pretty super supportive of of it, you know. So yeah. the overtime for training, he doesn't care about. Did as he, long as we're training. Did he start that team? I mean, years ago when he because oh. he's an old green old crusty green beret. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he started it. I can't remember. I know that he when he was at the PD that he had a big part in it. Yes. And it's been around for a little while now. Yeah. Um I th- you know, and I, I think it was I'm sure he had a big hand in it before he was sheriff, even, you know. Because mm-hmm. it, it was around before he was sheriff. So I couldn't tell you off the top of, I'd have to ask, you know, okay. him or, and or we, the captain. So we have, I know that we have MOU with pretty much every other agency in the county because, or in the state, with all the other sheriffs for the most part, because we are, we're probably the highest, the team in the state with the highest capabilities, highest oh, level I, of I capabilities. Wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. I would say training and capability. Um, there's, there's, well, there's two other teams that might be right right close with us, mm-hmm. but we're centrally located in the state. So pretty much anybody that calls for help, we can be there in two hours. Cause we're 200 miles away from you. Um, yeah. as a, you know, as the highway runs, it's actually closer <laughs> as a, yeah. as a crow flies over the mountain. But, um, that's kind of like we were talking about. That's only two months of the year <laughs> that you can get across yeah. there. Well, but I, I, don't I know have if you made be it taking a bear cat over that. Mountain. Yeah, <laughs> it would. If it was dry, it'd make it. It's just a matter of uh, cattle guards. I was gonna say, gotta worry about cattle guards because it. The wait, people within the bear cat might not appreciate that road. <laughs> I mean, it rides pretty or is nice. It pretty smooth, is it? Yeah, is it's it? a pretty smooth ride, but it weighs twenty thousand pounds. So oh, you know, gotta worry about cattle guards and shit like that. 
Um, of course, it's no more than a loaded cattle trailer or a horse trailer, I don't think. Well, it we've probably got, is. We've got an 1151 up armored Humvee. Okay. Uh, that's what we use. It's something we use. <laughs> you guys used for, to have an MRAP, uh, right? Dude, yeah, we used to have an MRAP. It was like a <laughs> fucking... What was it? It was it was it a Cayman, like the giant fucking no, Cayman. No, it, it was the Max Pro. The oh, same okay. ones we had. Dude, it was a Max Pro. The yeah, fucking we, Max Pro too. It's like sixteen oh, fucking feet tall. Oh, that was ridiculous. We we never used it. You know, our our tech call out volumes not super high. Knock on wood, but right. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's a little more easy on the eyes of the public seeing a up armored Humvee than a. Uh, mine resistant ambush protected right fully armored <laughs> truck rolling down the street you know so yep. they got they had gotten rid of that but yeah when uh the sheriff had us bring that to town there he, he made the paper so <laughs> i remember it was in the, it was in the the statewide paper that comes out of my town yeah. and everybody yeah. was and i remember laughing and looking at it and i remember like, oh, Austin's MRAP rated. He knows how to drive that fucker. He's probably going to get stuck driving it. I I was the one that one picked it up. <laughs> Did you guys go down to Texas to get it? Oh, no, um, I don't remember who picked it up, but it was somebody from the county north of me. Oh, okay. Um, one of those guys picked it up, so all I had to do was go pick it up from that county. Oh, okay. So um, we, we had one, too, that we got off the... D DMRO or DRMO, whatever that program is, where you basically law enforcement agencies can get military vehicles that have been decommissioned. Yeah, or, uh, decommissioned. Demilitarized. Exactly. And my sheriff at the time, or now my sheriff now, he trucked all the fucking way down to Texas to I think it was like Fort Bliss or some, oh, somewhere down there and picked this fucking thing up and drove it all the way back. And they yeah. got it back and pretty quickly our sheriff was like, uh, cause I told him it was a, you know, we had this conversation with the SWAT team guys with SRT. They were like, mm -hmm. well, we want to get an MRAP. I'm like, no, get like two Humvees instead. And they're yeah. like, we, we want an MRAP. I'm like, no, you don't fucking understand. Cause they were like, we want a Cayman. No, you don't understand. This thing's like a fucking fire truck. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like. And then Johnny was there at the time. Johnny was on the team at the time. Oh, and me okay. and Johnny were like, this is fucking retarded. I'm telling you, this thing is like a rescue fire truck. It's huge. Yeah. You're not going to be able to get it down a fucking alley. You know, and they were like, oh, no, we're, we're getting it. It's done. I'm like, okay, whatever. And it shows up and the sheriff goes and looks at it. And he's like, fuck that thing. It's huge. I'm like, I fucking told you. <laughs> Let it be known. I was the voice of reason. So oh, they ended yeah, up getting was... they ended up getting rid of it and giving it away to another county, uh, and we just kept our <laughs> shitty old peacekeepers at the time. Mm -hmm. and I was like, I tr I tried to tell you that thing's fucking huge. Get some get something smaller. They didn't listen. But now, yeah, now yeah. We, we've got a two last year, last year two years ago we got a brand new Lenko G three Bearcat. Heck yeah! Yeah, and it's it's. I tell you what, man, it is a game changer operationally as far as comfort level when we're on a job. Yep. There is something to be said for a law enforcement specific, like purpose driven vehicle like that. We had, uh, we used our up armored Humvee for the first time on a call out this year. And it was kind of convenient because we got a little, it's a pretty good size, like surveillance robot. It's just, oh, yeah. It's, it's tracked, you know, it's nothing. Yep. 
to write home about, but um, Is it, it's not like I, a talent or anything like that. No, I can't remember who makes it. It's like SRC Robotics or oh, okay. something. I, uh, and it's just it's pretty much just it's got a two tracks on it, and it's mm-hmm. got a decent front camera, and we use that to approach the house. We use the Humvee, and then we got it. We you know two guys got out to throw the robot in the house but no long story short we didn't have to worry about it. the guy had uh shot himself so yeah i've um, i've, <laughs> I've negotiated i've negotiated just, with way more dead people than living people yeah. <laughs> you know, the, our our sergeant on the sheriff's office is our negotiator and okay we we strung the phone line out and had to try to get him to you know good 30 40 minutes and then we're like well let's make a move and we're just, going to throw the robot through the screen door and right as our guy was about to throw it he could see the individual's feet by the door so which you know that's his background was military that's why we were kind of oh sure um, using you know using the humvee and stuff but yeah it was that was a sad situation but that was the first time we got to use it and it was it's pretty handy because it's like well we're safe from bullets like (laughs) or safer anyway you know yeah you know and it's got an armored it doesn't have the fancy uh armored turret like ours overseas but it still has pretty good armor armored turret for the most part that uh, our snipers could sit in or you know Mm -hmm. somebody that can get a little more view than guys inside the truck so yeah nice so do you guys what's your um do you guys run or do you send somebody to when they come onto your team do they go to like a SWAT basic so we haven't done that shoot i think i was the last guy to go to a SWAT basic where did you go we're not a, a local guy in town used to do uh have a tac like a tactical school that he had put on okay um but he he has since retired so we haven't sent anybody sure to a SWAT school, like official, which, you know, they talk about it, but again, funds and time and. Right. Um, That's one of the things harder. that we, we have talked a lot about me and he's my, I almost said team leader. I'm the team leader now. He's <laughs> the boss, but he's also the training sergeant in my agency. Okay. So we've talked many times about us putting on like basically having guys from our team as cadre to run a statewide or, you know, mountain states SWAT basic. I don't know how many times, I don't know, maybe three times I've brought up. It's like, Oh man, I got a really good buddy over in this County and he's part of the SRT. I'm sure if we get a hold of them, they would send somebody down here. We could send one or two guys up there to train with them and do like a train the trainer. Yeah. We just, we just did it with, um, PD. Oh, okay. Yeah. We we're more than, I think uh, me speaking personally, I'm more than willing to help cool. out. I'll have, you know, smaller have counties. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll get together. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make this happen. Eventually we've been talking about it for years. Well, I mean, I'm, I, uh, I think that would be super smart. Just our, the captain of the PD here, really smart guy. He, goes to trainings or he'll you know look up case law and look up uh, oh, yeah. you know any, anything like that and he'll bring it back to us and he, he's mostly our trainer for the most part with when it comes to new tactics and sure uh, 
So just but it would be like, nice. Just because I'm going to get on my soapbox here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this applies specifically to you, you know, guys that work in your agency, guys that work in, you know, if you're listening and you live in quote unquote small town USA, because I mean, I don't live in a big city. It's one of the bigger ones in my state, but that doesn't mean shit. You are not exempt from, you know, like ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is not an excuse for not being up on case law and current events on being aware of the law enforcement climate in this, in the country at this, at this time and knowing how to police in 2021, you're not exempt just because there's only, you know, 6,500 people in your town. Oh, 100%. Like those, you know, people that are going to come cause problems, they come through your towns all the time. They might not yep. live there. It's, it's there. It's not specifically a big town problem. You, you need to be well-versed in all things from, you know, standing there at a basketball game. It's, they're going to 3A state championship. Woo! You know, that's <laughs> yeah. a big yeah. fucking deal in your town. I know it is. Yep. Um, yep. Cause I was from the rival town, you know, 30 miles away all the way up to felony stops and case law and, you know, search and seizure and everything that goes along with it. Policing's no different no matter where you're at. That's, yeah. I'll get off my, oh, there's my, there's my notice that I have a prelim in 15 uh -huh. minutes that I'm not going to make it to. Uh-oh. Yeah, somebody's covering for me are, today. I like. Are you doing, so our, our judge here, man, I've been doing a ton of, I guess I can't say a ton. I don't have a crazy caseload, but almost all the time since COVID hit, I've been online, uh, zoom or whatever. They use Microsoft meetings or whatever. Oh yeah. We pre I had, I had a prelim even where I could appear by camera. Yep. You know, so we, uh, we were, so now anyone that's in custody prelims are held. So they are on video court. They appear by video. They can, choose to waive uh, appearing in person, right? So that's okay. the way that our court, our circuit court has kind of figured gotcha. it out that uh, if they're in custody, instead of heightening the risk of, you know, transport-related mm -hmm. incidents, they just have them all appear by video in custody at the jail. They've got like a video, video room set up in there. Um, and I always forget that, you know, not every place is set up like ours because – our sheriff's office in jail is attached to our courthouse. So yeah. you literally walk down a hallway and you're in the courtroom, you yeah. know? Yeah. And ours, so it's not ours used to be, you know, like across the, a breezeway, but not mm -hmm. anymore. They've moved to yeah. the jails up on the hill. Um, yeah. But so initial appearances are by video. Uh, okay. Prelims are in person. Um, they were doing district court, like everything outside of trials was by video yeah but now they've opened it all up and pretty much everything except for initial appearances in circuit court are in person now okay yeah and they're not i'm i'm guessing that the mask mandates are going to come back because cases are obviously i'm stuck at home for covid yeah. like cases are on the rise again but it's all man they had i i had a homicide trial back in it was several months ago and they had gone in district court and they had completely rearranged the courtroom for social distancing. <laughs> so like 
it was so fucked up because, I mean, it's the biggest courtroom in town, big district courtrooms. Yeah. So at the far side from, like, you walk in and they put you as the witness in the jury box and you're alone up there, just you in the jury box and the jury is spread out through the gallery. So they've oh, got weird. them all social distanced out and they're like all spread out through the gallery and then they've got like one set of seats back there for press or, you know, family mm-hmm. of victims, whatever. And then the defense table is like the prosecutors facing you in the jury box. And like, they're, you know, looking towards you. And then behind them is the defense table. And then the judge, the judge is off on your left. And they're, they're all about like, Oh, social distancing, blah, 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 blah. Well then when they walk the jury in and out, they walk right fucking by you like two feet away. (laughs) Like the whole fucking jury, you know, walks right by you, you know, 13, 12, 13 people yeah, walking by you. Not social distance at all. I'm like, what a fucking shit show, man. This makes no sense. Like, yeah, whatever. I whatever. I haven't had to do a jury trial for, <laughs> shoot, man. I don't think I've had a jury trial since 2015. Right. Uh, I had a guy shoot his father-in-law. Okay. Uh, a weird story. Like, the, you know, he, he claimed the father-in-law shot towards him and then he ran to his car, loaded his pistol and shot the father-in-law Okay, like super weird. But, um, he tried claiming self-defense and it was like, well, it, it wasn't cause it was like, it was like two different incidents. Okay. Uh, even if the father-in-law did shoot, cause it was like, he shot at him and then he had more than enough over. time to, it was over because he escorted his, significant other and her friend in the house. Okay. And then he got to his car, loaded his pistol. And by this time, the father-in-law is over a whole, like it, it appeared to be over a parking issue. Um, nice. The father-in-law wasn't moving his car, um, in time. But so after the father-in-law brandished his firearm and shot, he, the other guy had got his significant other and, her friend in the house, he comes to the car, grabs his pistol out like the glove box. And by this time, the guy's at his car to move it. And he told us, he called out his name. And when he turned, he saw the pistol still in his hand and he shot him. It's like, so Mm. he was moving it. He was getting ready to move his car. You shouted out his name. He turned towards you and you shot like that's too different. You know, like if it was like, he shot at me, I drew and shot back. Okay. Right. But not like, you know, from where it started to where it ended, it was completely like across the property. Right. Like, so what that they, was my last, that was the last homicide and was in 2000. Was that beginning of 2015? Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. That's and and my, the one before that was 2007. So, you know, we get one every seven years. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's okay though, man. Like my, my team, Ours... as we speak right now, my team is out working a homicide. Oh God. Yeah. And I'm, Man, I'm that's actually, nuts. I'm actually more than a little bummed out that I'm not. Cause it's a legit homicide. Like the last oh. several have been attempted or vehicular. This is like a legit whodunit homicide. And huh. I'm kind of bummed that I'm not a part of it. Yeah. Cause they're like, everybody's blowing up the group chat. You know, because all the my investigators, my my buddies, my my team that I work with, they we all have a group chat amongst ourselves, and they're all blowing the group chat up with talking about this case. <laughs> and I'm just sitting at home like, oh, it must be 
great to work a legit homicide. I wouldn't fucking know because I'm stuck at home. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not upset about it though. I promise. But so yeah, what did that was... guy get charged with? First degree? Uh they did. They lowered it to like manslaughter. Oh, uh, like, okay. But you know, and Lesser he he was included. super cooperative the whole time. Mm. You know, he honest to God thought it was going to be self defense, but. The more the story evolved and you start looking at things, it's like, whoa, man, this is this is not playing out how you're telling, you know, how you're thinking it did. Right. Um, but you know, I went to the autopsy for that guy, and there was a lot of bullet holes in him. Like, oh, so he shot him uh, more than once. Oh, dude, he lit him up. I oh, think. Oh, fuck. I I might be wrong on the numbers, but it was like eight eight entry wounds. Damn. And he shot 12 times or something. You know, my number, it's been a while, so my numbers are off. But four of the bullets went across the highway. So oh, shit. We, we charged him with, uh, charge him with reckless? reckless endangerment. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he had went through, we went through the jury trial. He got found guilty and he was sitting in prison, but he appealed. And the Supreme Court of decided in his case that the current jury instructions wouldn't work for his case. So the appeal went through. Oh fuck. Uh, Did they overturn just it? Just because of the jury, then jury instructions. So he got to have a new trial. Oh, I was going to say just new trial. Just, just on the manslaughter charge, not the reckless endangerment. Right. And then. Well, reckless endangerment's attorney, a misdemeanor anyway. County attorneys do their thing. And he ended up with a plea deal that. I didn't follow up on, so I don't oh, know okay. what really happened. You know, right. they probably gave him time served for the year he'd sit in jail, and he went to prison for a little a few weeks or a few months <laughs> before his appeal went up. And I think he had served a year total, so I'm assuming they just gave him time served and right got a plea got a plea deal out of it. But mm. yeah, that that was a weird thing because you know we weren't in court very long, um, and the jury was, I think. One of the jury members had told me a few weeks later that they were pretty much decided after watching like the body cam footage of where everything was like laid out. And, oh, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, they're, this is definitely not self defense. They were set on that like the second or third day. And, right. Um, that was like one of the best jury trials, too, because it's like they asked me a question and it's like, uh, well, it's in my body cam footage, so it's like, okay, well, we'll watch your body cam footage. So, like, my whole time on stand was sitting there watching my yep. body cam footage on a pr- projector. Yeah. And then it's like, do you got it? Does anyone have any questions? You know, and basically, like, nope. All right, you guys have a good day. Like, <laughs> so they just used you to introduce the body cam. It, yeah, pretty much. Nice. And that was for because our current sergeant of patrol was the one that did most of this, like, uh, interviewing right of the the suspect and. So he had a little more bigger role, even though I was the case officer. He did the, sure. the the interview. Just he's got, you know, at the time that was shoot. I had just gotten on my own, and so that was like my first big call I'd ever had. Right. <laughs> See, and, that's, and I'm by myself. You know, like that's another thing. On duty, like <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that I think is super unique to small town agencies is that you know, you're kind of a one man show to a degree. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, like you're, you're your own investigator. You're your own EvTech. Yep. Um, you do the interviews, you are victim services. Yep. You know, you got to wear a lot of fucking hats. So 
and it sucks because you guys don't have the budget for training. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have, you can't, a lot of times can't put in to go travel to wherever you can't buy plane tickets and rental cars and shit to go to a big course yes. to learn this shit and get certified to do a lot of things. So it's just like by proxy and experience trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've learned to do these things and fill those roles as you have had to, you know, yeah. over the years. And that's kind of like that got, institutional knowledge that gets passed down. Like, well, this one time we had to do this this way. Yeah. So I'm kudos to you guys because we, we get spoiled in bigger departments when you've got, you know, a handful of ev techs and investigators like our guys go out and take a call. That's a felony. And they're like, oh, here's your offense report. Yeah. That's not my fucking problem anymore. Yeah, that's it's that would be kind of nice. But I also on the other hand is I I like that we have to take care of our own stuff. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, and, and it's not for the lack of, we have assistance too, you know, like we have, like with this call, highway patrol was in the area. So we responded. Um, and the two PD guys, uh, came out with me. It wasn't too far out of town. Um, It was kind of close. It was kind of close to the, uh, juvenile jail we have. Oh, okay. Yep. In between where you grew up in my place. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the state boys school is right there. So it was like a mile from that. So okay. they came out and helped me. And um, as a wet behind the ears, still deputy, I'm like looking at what I got here. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this is so <laughs> there's so much. I, I've never had fuck? a handle, never had this training. And uh, I, I tell them this to this day. The second I hear, which is our sheriff over yeah. the radio, it's his badge. You know, he's like, copy and route. I was like God speaking <laughs> from the heavens. Oh, thank God. Oh, it, oh man, it completely calmed me down. And he 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 kind of lives ways out there. And yeah, I was going to say he lives he, out in that area still. He lives he? out, you know, he lives ways out. And he, he came and showed up and it was like the best thing that had ever happened in my career was when I heard that on the radio. I was like, oh, I'm not by myself, thank God. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he had just had his radio on and was listening and – um just by chance he had heard that happen. And so once he got out there, you know, everything got handled pretty well. So sure. Um, where did you guys, was, uh, um, you mentioned the autopsy before. Is that the first one you've ever done? That was the first one I'd ever attended. Yep. Have you ever been to, have you been to any other ones since then? Yep. I, uh, just recently went to one, unfortunately a young kid had committed suicide and I oh, went to his sucks. autopsy. That sucks. Um, where do you guys do them? So when I went to my first one, we did them in, uh, we did it in. Oh, okay. Um, at the, was it, I think is I where room was. Does, uh, um, does do yours? Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah. He's awesome. And then, and then, uh, this recent one, we went to the, uh, <laughs> we went to the County North of us. Okay. Just the one that butts up right up to us, um, okay. to their, um, coroner's office, which is super nice. Okay. Uh, they've got vent system. Oh man, they got a whole shindig in there. And yeah. He, he did it. I was just, I want to say two months ago. He's, um, I, I love doing autopsies with him because he will take the time to explain. Like I'll show you everything. Yeah. Because he's, he'll be talking <laughs> about his findings and shit that he's seeing while he's doing the autopsy. And you'll be like, what does that mean? And he'll take time to like show you everything and explain it. And like, it's, 
it's very cool to to have that experience as a as an investigator because to a degree you are an investigator too right like i that's something our uh sergeant wants us to all do and i am on the same boat with him is i think every officer should attend at least one autopsy just to see what it's all about yeah and i don't god i've lost count of how many i've done but i remember the first one and i remember the worst one i guess it's not unlike being a sexual abuse victim sorry trigger warning (laughs) <laughs> it's happened so many times that I, you know i don't remember specifics yeah. on a lot of them but i remember the first one and i remember the worst one so see now yeah. i've only gone to two and luckily both of mine have been fresh yeah uh or not not recently de-tomped. recently dead yeah <laughs> and bullet wounds or bullet you know so it wasn't anything crazy um we did have a recent one that one of our new deputies got sent to. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> that's, that's, guy why, was, that's why we're here. <laughs> the guy was super decomposed. Like, oh, I mean, that sucks. Like he's, he, we touched him and his skin was falling off. Like right. he was black, you know? Um, and so that was his first one. <laughs> and he came he came back from that and you could still smell it on his oh, clothes. Fuck. It's like, dude, I can smell it right now just you talking about <laughs> just it. Just talk you know, and uh, that guy it was he lived by himself and uh, his neighbors didn't even know uh, quite a few of his neighbors didn't even know that anyone lived in the house that he was in. Oh right. Um, what had happened was the mail carrier had called me for a welfare check and She's like, well, his mail's really piled up, and that's not normal. And right. So I, I get to the house, and I had known one family that spent time with him. So I called her, and uh, she said, oh yeah, he had, you know, he had talked about being sick and was joking about it. But I was like, well, his mail's piled up, and she goes, oh, that's not like him. So she told me he had a dog. I didn't hear a dog barking. Then I got to a certain part of the outside of the house and I could smell yep. decomposition and called my sergeant. I was like, Hey, can you come here? <laughs> uh, I think I'm pretty positive. I got a, a 1079 and yeah, he comes, we boot the door and um, long story short, the dog, he was locked in a room. It was the only room in the house that had heat and he was laid right next to the heater. Oh, fuck. Uh, what time of year was this? uh january okay so the the room was extremely uh was it it was the beginning of the year of this year okay and the uh dog was trapped in the room with the decomposing body and so you can imagine that the dog was feeding himself on the the body yep Um, you know and it wasn't because the, it was just because the dog didn't have any food. And um, you know what's what's fucked up is like I've had, ugh, just thinking about, yeah. Um, in those cases, when you encounter those dogs on those calls, those dogs are like fucking ashamed of themselves. And it's so oh, fucking heartbreaking, man, because 100%. that dog is like, I had to do what I had to do, man. Don't judge yeah, me. He was, we let him out of the room <clears throat> and it, it, was, it was a small dog. It was like a, um, what Australian shepherd or okay. something like that. Small, small dog. And like you a know, little mini Aussie or something. Yeah, there you go. And he comes running out, but he didn't come at us. He kept like running like, Hey, follow me, follow me. You know, right. like, he needs help. And 
So, you know, we get, we get the dog out of the house and the corner comes and we do all that, you know, yeah. uh, stuff. And so I call the local vet office. Cause in, in my belief as a kid and growing up, if a dog tasted human meat, yeah. you had to put them down, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I called the vet and I was like, Hey, you know, this is what happened. Do I need to take him out to you to put him down? And he goes, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, did he do it out of survival? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, he's, you don't have to put him down. Hmm. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. When you got, when a dog, he's like, when a dog does it out of survival, they're not doing it because they want to eat human meat. They have to eat it, you know? <laughs> right. He's like, so you don't have to put it down. I was like, okay, well, I'll talk to the Humane Society. And yeah, I talked to the Humane Society and told her the story. And she's like, well, bring him in. And so brought him in. She gave him a bath and got them all good looking and fed up and somebody came and adopted him. Huh. That's yeah. He, that, he got adopted out, you know, like, so there's a good ending to that story. But. Yeah. We had one. Um, and I didn't go to this call. This is just what I've heard secondhand from other people that mm-hmm. this guy had passed away in his house and he had like 15 dogs or some shit. And they were Man. all, you know, small dogs like pugs and Pomeranians and little yip, yip dogs, chihuahuas and such. And this guy died and he was like kind of laying on his bed. And all these fucking dogs, like, essentially ate this guy down to nothing. Like, there was oh, some some bones left, you know, and, like, yeah. the upper portion of his body that was still on this bed was still intact. Um, yeah. But I've, I'm going to try to get Mike on the show. He was one of my training officers. He, he said that there was one dog that was, like, sitting over in the corner, and he was like, that's the only good dog in that fucking house because it didn't eat the guy. <laughs> He's like, because that dog's sitting over there in the corner and it looks like it's been starved for three weeks and hasn't eaten anything. He's like, that's the only dog that truly loved that guy because it didn't fucking eat him. The rest of them got adopted out to, like, I think it was the next of kin took all these fucking dogs or whatever, but... He's just like, yeah, man, that little, there was like a pug and it was sitting so, over in the corner and it was like the only loyal dog that didn't fucking eat that guy. Like, so, oh, you man, know, that's I, terrible. I, I don't know if you've heard this. I'm sure you have, but dogs, supposedly dogs won't eat you until they have to, but cats will numb on you like right after you die. That's what I've heard. I've, Uh, I've never seen it. Um, I've been to plenty of, you know, welfare checks and found a dead body with, you know, a house full of cats and they weren't chewed on. So I I don't know if what the validity is to that. I don't know if that, you know, I had this, uh, lady had passed away and her, you know, she was with her husband and he had called it in. She'd passed away and she was sitting in her recliner. And, um, this doesn't bring any validity to the dog and cat argument, but <laughs> I, uh, she is sitting in there and we had a, when I went to reach for her to put her into the body bag, her, the cats were like on the couch, like hissing at me, like, oh no shit, you know, and all, all I could equate to that was like, oh, they're pissed off because I'm taking their snack away, you know, because like, <laughs> that was something I'd heard. But, you know, like with that homicide I had mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, after, you know, the EMTs had come in and tried to do CPR on them and, you know, they're pumping on him and there's little bits of blood squirting out of the holes you right. know me and the captain <laughs> we're sitting there collecting evidence because uh, one of the bullets had struck into a vehicle so we're trying to figure out how to take the vehicle door off oh right because uh, the bullet was stuck inside of it and while we're sitting there you know looking at what type of um, wrenches we'll need i look down and one of the one of his favorite cats was there licking up his blood and i like shoulder my captain like 
dude, dude. And he's like, what? And I point at the cat, and we're both just like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, well, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I won't own cats. Yeah. I don't know if the story's true, and I guess if I pass, I really wouldn't care what happened. But. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've we've I've seen shit like that on calls before with dogs or cats that are like trying yeah. to lick shit up. You're like, just get the fucking yeah. get it outside. Yeah. Get it the fuck out of the house. I I prefer no animals on a call. Yeah. So you guys give animals to the humane society. See, that's another thing that like we've got animal control officers. Like we've got a yeah. whole division of people that work yeah, for I, the uh, city that we just call them. They're they're on an MOU with us countywide that we just call them and they'll take all sorts of shit. They do like snakes and fucking rodents and you name it. Yeah, I just I just went to first line supervision class at the academy, I think it was last month. Yeah. And one of the people from the animal control Sorry, animal control in your area. <laughs> yeah, Metro is what it's called. Metro, metro, there metro you animal go. control. She was there, and I had asked her, and she goes, "Yeah, we have a contract with the the county." I'm like, "Man, that'd be nice." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it does make it easy. Like, we don't have to because you probably have a fucking catch pole in your truck, right? No, 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 no. Oh, no. I was gonna say that. That's, Man, the most we deal with is horses and cows. Yes, like, dude. Like, I can't. I've said for years, dogs. I've Unless I've said attacking cattle. I've said for years that the sheriff needs to buy like a halter and a lead rope for every deputy and just like keep it in the truck. Yeah. Because how many fucking times have you been out? There's like somebody's fucking ho- and it's the same person's fucking horse that gets out on the road every fucking time and you go out and you deal with it and you're like, "Man, if I only had just like this horse's halter broke, it's friendly. It's just loose." Yeah, that one of those horses that got out was hit by a DUI. Oh fuck! That I had to work, and man, that that was a crazy scene. I'll tell I, you, like dark road, pitch black, hit a black horse. Oh fuck! And it it caved in the passenger side vehicle, like part of the vehicle. What type of car and was it? Was, uh, it was like a little Ford Focus. Or oh fuck! Just. Just a little Ford tiny car. Right. The A the A pillar slit the horse's neck. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> Just slit the horse's neck like super deep. Yeah. So like I there's a there's ton not tons there's quite a bit of blood. So I'm like looking for a dead person. Because mm-hmm. um, one of the passenger was trapped in the vehicle and I'm like looking at her and. It's like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm just stuck and my arm hurts. And I'm like, are you bleeding? She goes, no, I don't think so because there's blood on her. Right. You know, so I'm like, where's all this? Then I realized, oh, it's probably from the horse. Like, right. <laughs> and that's what it turned out to be. But No shit. But yeah, that was, uh, those that are was gr- pretty crazy. Those are fucking grizzly, man. Livestock crashes. Oh, yeah. They are fucking grizzly. Like we had one, like a loaded horse trailer. Ooh. T-bone got T-boned, you know, or T-boned somebody else, or I don't know how it worked out, but there was like several dead horses like scattered out across the highway on this big intersection. It was a big mess, and I wasn't there for it again. But yeah, that's we've had several crashes like that right in our in our county area, and that's Damn. never that's never good. No, <clears throat> no, because I mean, you ever watch MythBusters? Oh yeah, like back in the day, they had the episode where they had the moose. Versus the car, car versus moose, like the Alaska myths. 
Yep, I've had one of those. And they, yeah, because you got moose up there, up in the yep, national. On- yep. And uh, they fucking smoke this fake moose with a Honda Civic at like 60 miles an hour, and it just completely destroys <laughs> the car. <laughs> oh, man, it's terrible. Uh, they, they, go, they go in the car. Yeah. There's no, you know. Because it just takes they, their legs off, and then they just oh, yeah. down on top oh, of the yeah. car. And the, these people, you know, I've only had to work one crash. The other crash knock, I had knock, that knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, the other crash that I was around was a uh, county on the other side of the mountain that had to work that one oh, in highway yeah. patrol. Um, but yeah, that that guy ran from uh, he ran from the oh, dang it. Sorry, That's can you edit that out? All right. <laughs> he ran from my local PD um, to our. Uh, that small town just at the base of the, yep. the mountain. Yep. Where they make, and, they make really good beer there. Yep. They uh, chased them there and then they called it off. And my sergeant's like, Hey, continue on. Like just to see if he pulls over right. and stops. And so I continue a little ways up the mountain and sure as shit. He pulled over on one of the pullouts. And so I flip around real quick behind him and he runs back to his truck and he sits there for a bit. And I'm like, well, I'm not getting out. Cause He's going to take off on me. Right. And uh, sure as shit, he starts that truck up and flips around to head back up the mountain. And I hit the back end of him trying to keep him pinned. And yeah. uh, we weren't going fast enough to get him to like completely turn around. And right. he was able to steer out of it and get out of my ramming because we don't do pit maneuvers. Right. But we, we ram people. You, dis- we, you, <laughs> you were trying to disable his vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah there you however, go. however um, you want to articulate that on your use of force report. <laughs> yeah. So he, he gets up, you know, he takes off and my sergeant called me off cause he, he was 30 miles away okay. and he would have been my, he would have been my nearest backup. And right. So he called me off and then, he meets up with me a little bit later. So we continue a little ways, check the rest of our County. He didn't pull over again. We get back down to that small town and meet up with highway patrol. She's like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm going to continue on over to County. See if he's over there. And while we're talking, uh, she hears, uh, some of her troopers get paged to crash up on the mountain, fully engulfed flame, like vehicle, you know? So I was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm her nearest backup. So my sergeant, let me go with her to sure. that other County. And so this guy smoked a moose <laughs> cra- <laughs> crashed into a tree. And then he must've been fine, whatever, because we didn't find a body. It was an intention. He intentionally set the vehicle on fire. Oh no. He shit. Took, yeah. He took the license plates off and then torched the vehicle. Fuck. I'll teach him to then, fucking run from you. Yeah, and then he <laughs> show, he his family reported him missing. He was from. Oh, okay. Uh, they reported him missing, but he came home a few weeks later, and it was a whole crap fest. But mm. uh, we found out earlier that day he had outran that police department I had just talked about. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, that uh, so he had three pursuits that night. <laughs> Did he have a warrant or something? No, he's just drunk. Huh? DUI. That, that, okay. That's what it was. It was called in as a ready. Oh, okay. And hmm. all things pointed to he had a few on his record of DUI. So it oh, could have been so his felony DUI. Be DUI. Or, yeah, because in our yeah. state, if you get more than three convictions in a 10-year period, then it's a felony. Yeah. Felony DUI. So, Which, yeah, that one. 
That huh. moose was obliterated, man. <laughs> Hit it in like a Chevy Silverado or nice. some quarter ton pickup, whatever. And then he torched it. Torched the vehicle. We because we well, were whose, wondering whose vehicle was it stolen? No, it was not stolen. Oh. It was his mom. It was his mom's. Oh no, shit! Did you get him for property damage or arson on I it? I don't. I don't know if what they did with it. It was Man. that was all. That was all in that other county. Oh, in the next county. Man, I would have fucking yeah. charged everything I could get. Like, I know intentionally I know starting of like trying to intentionally start a forest fire. Like, yeah. I think the trooper said she had went over. She had gone uh, after him for some stuff. But oh, okay. Well, it's, she's a trooper, so she's going to charge everything she can. Yeah, I'm sure there was a seatbelt ticket in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. I haven't I haven't got any of my trooper buddies onto the show yet. Oh, um, that'll be a good one. My, my one buddy that he's a, like one of the crash guru guys. He's a crash reconstructionist. Oh, okay. Like fucking Rain Man smart with math. He can do trig on the fly, like literally, you know, doing. He's, I've seen him do it on the stand. The guy is incredibly smart. He moved. Oh, he wow. got promoted and he moved down. Oh, okay. So he's down there now. So I might have to try to make arrangements to get him. But my old buddy Trooper Bill, he's up there up and now. I'm gonna get him on the show. He's oh cool. He's got the I joked with him several years ago, uh, when I was a task force guy with the state drug oh, yeah. with the drug team. Because yeah. we would investigate officer involved shootings. And I had joked with him then, and this was several years ago, and he's been involved in a few more since then, that uh, he was going to get a Golden BB Award for being investigated by the state agency no less than 10, <laughs> <laughs> 10 times for his involvement oh, in officer-involved shootings because that dude just, he is a fucking shit magnet when it shit comes to magnet. that type of stuff. But the best guy, oh man, like one of the best guys to have on a scene when shit's crazy, he's, man... I can't speak highly enough about Bill. I miss him dearly. I know he listens to the show. So call me. I haven't heard from you in a minute. He's been busy <laughs> up there. He's a canine guy up there. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's something we don't have around here. We need. You got any troopers? We troop- don't have a canine. Any troopers? No, our uh, county to the north has, has one, but oh, okay. it's kind of hard to call them 40 miles, 50, up to 60 miles just sure. to come do a sniff. But Yeah. Yeah. That's a little. What's the I word? I think the Supreme Court might rule that a <laughs> slightly unreasonable extending, extending the stop, but <laughs> yes, just a tiny bit pervasive, I think. Um, you know, and then our nearest like bomb dogs, uh, I think, come from your county, if I remember right. Yeah, I think our bomb dog is retired. Oh, is he from our agency? I could be wrong. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen him around in a while. Yeah. That. Yeah. I think we had him up two years ago was the last time I saw him. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure it was from your county. Yeah. Yeah, we had one. I don't I think he's out of service now. I haven't seen him around I, in a while. Okay. So I'm looking at one of the things that I'm super interested in now that I'm an ICAC affiliate is electronics detection canines. Really? Yeah. So they have, there's a few of them out there. It's a super small world of, you know, these, these dogs that they go, they accompany ICAC teams in on search warrants and they look for cell phones and thumb drives and laptops and tablets, you know, electronics. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool shit. Like if I could figure out a way to make that work, 
Yeah, that'd be an interesting uh, assignment to have. Yeah, for sure. Like, or, it would, I, it, I mean, it would you, be a lot you, of travel, you know. I'm sure yeah. because a lot of other teams would be like, "Hey, we need your you and your dog." Figuring out how to present that to your sheriff or whoever for budgeting yeah. would be an interesting would be an interesting task as well. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I think if you could get it, well, I mean, obviously, like it would be a lengthy process to get certified and have that dog and then you know keeping certifications up and training and maintenance and vet bills and everything else that goes along with a canine but to you know that's how you would sell it to the sheriff is like listen we can bill other counties or other agencies you know to send us wherever they need us to help them with their cases that is true i don't know I'm, i'm not a fucking administrator like i'm very much a grunt at heart I, I want the least possible amount of responsibility, but I just think that I found out about the, the, these type of canines and these programs through, uh, operation underground railroad. Oh, nice. Which is also kind of a, Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think I saw an interview with that, that the guy. Yeah. It's super like that whole program reeks of like this whole thing is just a fucking publicity <laughs> thing for the Mormon church. Like no offense to anybody. If you're Mormon, good on you. I'm not, it's just, it's all very polished and very streamlined and like media friendly, mm-hmm. you know, the way that the whole thing looks. So I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know. There's, I need to do some more research about it, but that's where I found out about these canines and did some more research and was like, that would be cool, you know, to, you know, something that I've considered for possibly doing after I retire, because that's coming up. Like I'm at almost 16 years right now. Like I have to, I have to start thinking about what I'm going to do when I grow up. (laughs) So you're, you're going to be a, you're only going to do 20, you think? I don't know yet. I really don't know. Um, you know, I have a lot of days, um, like this month has been really good. It's been really good. I've had a lot of good cases. I've arrested a lot of people compared to what I usually do. Some really good cases that have been rewarding for me. Um, but in months past it, that has not been the case. So, you know, Makes sense. I have days where it's like, fuck yeah, I love this job. I'm going to drive on and keep down. Like I can do 10 more years. And then I have other days where I'm like, I don't want to do 10 more minutes of this fucking job. <laughs> Because huh. like I've, I've talked about many times, I, I work the worst of the worst of the worst. I work sex crimes. Um, yeah. And yeah, you, you put yourself in a sure man, uh, crappy field of our job that needs done. Yeah. But <laughs> so. it's, you know, when I have good rewarding months, like right now where I should be in fucking court right now, making sure that some dirt bag gets the worst that he can get. But, you know, I have a lot of other cases that are super frustrating because some circumstance keeps keeps the case from oh for sure you know i can't i can't even charge it or when it does get charged it gets beat down by the by the da or by the judge and i just had a case that a guy essentially walked at sentencing um three to six suspended with five years probation for um third degree sex assault manufacture of um, child pornography and the guy walked out the front door of the courthouse, smiling like a smug little prick, you know, Damn. after, after he got sentenced and it was like, well, you know what? You're going to have to register as a sex offender. And, uh, that's one of the other things that I'm lucky enough to get to do is to do uh, registered sex offender compliance checks. So oh, I will nice. be 
fucking with you at every opportunity to make sure that you're where you're supposed to be. Because if you're not, yep. I'm going to make sure that you fucking go to jail. Do you? Does your uh, DA like to s- do those charges? The failing to register. Failure to register. Oh yeah, man. It's a fucking mm. on our side of things. It's an easy felony. Like, oh, one hundred percent. Dirtbag came in. They read this agreement that says they're supposed to update their information whenever whatever. And I understand, like, there are certain people, wrong place, wrong time, whatever. Innocence and guilt is on a sliding oh, I, scale to a degree, I, Yeah, right? I, know, I know where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's some people that, you know, they've done a long time as a registered sex offender, and they've always been compliant. They've never, that's 95% of those guys on, you know, yeah. registered sex offenders. Well, and it's usually the ones, the ones that are really good about it are usually the ones that were, in my in my experience are the ones that kind of got screwed over in a way because uh, their girlfriend might've been too young sure, and they, they became too old or, you know, like just that weird statutory, yep. you know, definition. There was no like actual rape or, you know, both yeah. of them consented, but she couldn't, by she law couldn't consent. consent. Yep. Cause she's, you know, under like, age granted consent. it's still, it's still illegal, but that's, the, the people in that category are far different than oh, the yeah. ones who are, you know, the ones who the, the law is actually made for. Like, right. And so we have, do you know how many sex offenders you have in your county? No, uh, not off the top of my head. We've, we've, I can, I can picture them like. Right. So we have about 400. Oh, wow. Registered sex offenders in my county. So it takes, you know, when we do our compliance checks, we do two or three days and there's like six or seven two man teams that mm-hmm. just like you sort them out by geographical area of the County. Everybody gets a stack and you just start going down the list, knocking on doors, making phone calls. Um, and most of them, like I said, probably 99% of those guys are right where they're supposed to be. They're not doing anything wrong. Like they got caught up with the law as a young man, you know, many years before a lot of times. But this guy specifically on this case that I'm talking about, like this guy's a fucking predator. Like he got caught for something that he did years before. I'll just talk about the case a little bit. I obviously can't mention the guy by name. Yeah. Um, how it came to me or how I came to know this guy is that he applied to come to work for my agency. And one of my, one of the many roles, one of the many hats that I wear uh, on occasion now, I used to do it all the time, is I'm a background investigator for new hires for my agency. So I did this dude's background and we have specific questions built into our questionnaires and through the process that, you know, ask specifically about these type of charges, about Mm. these type of incidents, like, since the time you were 18, have you ever had sex with a child that was, you know, under the age of 16? And if they answer yes, then that's a disqualifier because it's possibly a violation of law, right? Uh, yeah, big red flag. Right. <laughs> and so this guy obviously lied about that because he was 18 and had sex with a 14-year-old. Now, there are four years in our state. Um, it's a four-year age difference. They were four years and six days apart in age. So statutorily, yes, it qualifies. Yeah. Um, what he did is him and his buddies invited, there was four dudes. They invite these three girls over to a party, 
get them drunk. Um, turns into an orgy. Everybody starts having sex. He pulls out his iPhone and records it on video. Uh-oh. Several videos, um, which is one thing. The problem is, is that he kept those videos for many, oh, yeah. many years after that, about eight years after that. So, yeah. And then in the meantime, when he um, was trying to come to work for us, like this guy is just a fucking predator. He, the way that he interacts with women, the way that, so I went back and got this dude's social media accounts going back six years for three different social media accounts. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a fucking mountain of data to yep. sort through. Somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood of about 900,000 digital artifacts. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So I dig through all of this shit and find out, you know, find all these references to him talking with the victim about the videos that he recorded, you know, lying years later saying, oh, no, I don't have them. Meanwhile, I've got... You know, like his Dropbox account with the fucking videos in them. Oh, what? Um, yeah, to prove that he kept them and all of this shit. And then, uh, you know, finally, in the meantime, while he's uh, trying to come to work for my agency, he's working as a corrections officer for the State Department of Corrections at the women's prison. Mm. So, yeah. Um, mm. They ended up looking to... Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. So the guy's just a fucking dirtbag. And I'll say that. Like, I'm one step away from saying this guy's name. And like, you know. Oh, if shit. I, if I <laughs> didn't have to worry about, you know, him suing me because I'm a private entity with this podcast. Um, yeah. I would say his fucking name. He's a fucking dirtbag. He's a piece of shit. You got my number. Just yeah. <laughs> so he, he ends up essentially walking on this case. You know, oh, because wow. he has next to no criminal history as an adult. Like his only criminal history is a juvenile, which doesn't matter because it's sealed anyway, right? Yeah. So sentencing guidelines, the age difference was only, it was four years and six days. That was like his attorney's like, oh, you know, this happened years ago when he was a kid, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, but he kept that. He kept those videos. And obviously, like, the girls in these videos are not having a fucking good time. Like, you can tell. And it obviously affected them, you know, mm -hmm. and it just like, I was very disappointed with the way that that shook out. And I, I understand sentencing guidelines for, you know, the guy has next to no criminal history. It's not like that dude's a piece of shit. He needs done. And, uh, well, and what else, what else is he going to do before he gets exactly, you know, it's uh, one of those like, and real and in air quotes, real trouble. Right. Right. So uh, the prosecutor, you know, he did his best with what he could given the circumstances. And then it got to the judge for sentencing. And I was hoping upon hope that the judge would say, nah, this guy needs to do a little bit of prison time. Like here's the plea agreement, which they had already talked about, which was a three to six. And they said he suspended it and gave him five years of supervised probation. I was like, fuck. Wow. Well, I still get to fuck with him. <laughs> like, he's going to have to come in and register as a sex offender. We're going to have to keep tabs on him. He'll be on probation. It's mm. like, you know, who knows? I just... Maybe he'll screw up that five years. That's a long time. Yeah, five years is a long time to do on probation, but he's... Who Especially knows? supervised. Like, but... Yeah, and that was their... You know, their argument was, well, he's... 
he's uh, lost his career because of this and blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, yeah, like obviously we don't want that type of guy. There's, there's nothing I like better than working a dirty cop case. Yes. Yeah. Even though we don't do it, handle that, but. Well, we, we get them occasionally, but it just, yeah. That's the frustrations of being an investigator, like working these cases all the way through to that result. And then, you know, the victims were satisfied with the outcome and I guess that's all that matters. Like, A, I, I did my job. That's, yeah, that's the other thing we got to remember is if they're happy, then we, I guess we could be happy. But yeah, we understand that there should have been more done usually. Well, <laughs> and the big, the big part of it is that these girls are, you know, young adult women now. They're, they're finishing yeah. college. They're getting ready to go into start their careers. And they don't want to have this, you know, hanging over them and have their names out there to have to testify at trial. So... I understand. I see point. both sides, but it was one of those like, listen, this obviously affected you for the rest of your lives, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, let me do everything I can to try to get the best result in this case. And they were all three of them agreed. They're like, okay. So, and they, they're obviously appreciative that someone was willing to go the extra mile to even work the case and do something to help them out in the first place because that was their concern. Like, how many other girls did this happen to that never reported it and we never found evidence of it? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Because rumor was that it had happened other times with other girls. Who knows? I have a few cases like that that are just, they continue, continually frustrate me because it's like, man, I did my job. That's what I have mm-hmm. to hang my hat on at the end of the day. Yep. That's how I sleep at night. So. Okay. We had to pause here for a second. I got to explain something that uh, me and Austin had a, a private moment of some things that we were talking about that he didn't want aired on the show. So I'm going to put this little edit break in here. And then uh, I come back into talking about online resources for free training for law enforcement and about how uh, people are really stupid if they're not taking advantage of that. So that being said, I will shut up and we'll jump back into the show. it has revolutionized the online training world and made it so much more easy and accessible. Yeah. Because now there's like, I get 15 fucking emails a day about, Oh, check out this free webinar. Check out this free webinar. And it's all shit that I can use for post hours. Yep. Like I'm not going to have to submit post hours for certification for like fucking years at this point because I've done so much online training in the last year and a half that and it's all good shit you know yeah. well I you know I gripe and moan oh. about a lot of the tech classes that I go to because like with the digital forensics that I'm doing in the ICAC world you know a lot of the entry level baseline classes are like I could teach those classes and I oh yeah, so, so you're not learning much. Yeah, I'm not learning. I'm kind of wasting my time sitting in on these courses. So I, I get pretty picky and choosy, but there's a lot of shit. Like I saw one that's coming up that's a three-part webinar series about investigating vehicular homicides, investigating um, oh, um, like basically putting the case together and then prosecuting it. I was like, oh, well, fuck, because I've got a vehicular homicide case that got kicked down to reckless vehicular homicide like to a mister to misdemeanor land and it was absolutely an aggravated multi-substance dui vehicular homicide case 
they got kicked down to nothing. And I don't, it was like, it was that partly my fault and the way that I investigated the case and the way I presented the evidence to the DA, maybe, I don't yeah. know. Part of it is, you know, some case law changes that had the DA, you know, really, really questioning whether he could, uh, win that case at trial. Oh, so okay. it's, it's both, you know, at the end of the day, but I'm like, well, shit, you know, that's, would be a good class for me to go to shit like that. And there's, I mean, literally every day I get, I'm signed up on like five or six different, you know, like Patsy, um, what's the black to blue or gray to blue, something like that. Justice Clearinghouse is another one for my LE oh, listeners. Okay. Sign up for, get signed up, have your agency get signed up for Justice Clearinghouse. Those are free. And uh, here's one online course, Introduction to Forensic Interviewing, which is, I mean, pivotal in juvenile sex assault cases. You know? So if you want to go, if you're a law enforcement officer in a small town and you want to learn to be a forensic interviewer to better work child abuse cases, sex assault, child sex assault cases, sign up for these courses. That's, that's my pitch. Like, get online, get training. It's out there. Fucking Police One. Sign up for yeah. Police One. Like, all you got to do is send in a copy of your ID. They verify that you're, that you're law enforcement and you get a certified account with Police One. And you can see all the shit on there. NTOA, it's the same thing. I'm an in- individual NTOA member. I'm supposed to go to the NTOA, Conf- National Tactical Officers Association Conference in Kansas City in two weeks. Well, fun. Um, hopefully, I... You know, don't catch the Rona and I'll be able to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's you know, 35 bucks a year for an individual membership to the NTOA. Oh, that's not bad. You know, like I spend more money on that in booze in a week. <laughs> like, I, you know, what's your mm-hmm. money and your time worth to make yourself better? And there, if you sign up as an individual member, you have access to every everything on NTOA. So you get access to the TAC Talks, which are, you know, webinar series debriefs. Um, okay. You get other debriefs. You get um, discounts on gear, and you get the fucking Tactical Edge magazine. Like, this is my this is my plug for NTOA and signing up as a member. You can get team memberships, but you got to be at a certain level of um, training and capability. Um so there's there's different levels, and I think that we're a, I can't remember what tier we are as far as NTOA. I think we're tier two. Um, so you guys are like a multi-agency tactical response team. That's I don't know where that falls. I haven't looked at the the where the designations are, but they just went through in 2018 and they redid all the tactical response objectives and all of this stuff. And oh yeah, you guys can definitely take on way more than we can oh yeah yeah and it's you know it is what it is just because we've got the equipment and the time and time in doing it you know experience and everything else so yeah but if you guys ever i mean we're a phone call away (laughs) i I know it wouldn't be hard like if you guys run into something so we don't we talk about it all the time that we don't have in the state like we don't have a team that can come in at a higher level of response above us. Like it's pretty much us, but we would have to be looking at a state or to federal resources, which would take, you know, like if we had to call out HRT, FBI out of 
we're looking at several hours of response time to get even a small contingent of those dudes there to help. Yeah. So a lot of times we just, we have the mentality that no one's coming. It's up to us period. Like no matter what, we're going to have to handle it. And we've, we've gone to many different small town agencies around the state to help out with other shit that they've got going on, whether that's high risk warrant service or emergency call outs or barricades or yeah, you know, shit like that. We've done it. Um, now we're way more capable because we don't have fucking 40 year old piece of shit armored cars from the, <laughs> from the air force that we can't get over 50 miles an hour on the highway before they break down. So, um, yeah, I tell everybody like when I, when I do training or talk with other cops in, in state with us, like if you want to set up training, like we're a phone call away, we'll get, we'll get it figured out. We'll find a way to make it happen because I want, I want people to be at the highest level of capability that they can get to. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Mm-hmm. I get paid by my agency no matter what I'm doing, you know? So if I need to go out of town for a day and come talk to you and your team and your guys at your agency and put them on a different level and get them thinking differently about tactical response. And I'll do that every time. Yeah. I think, uh, watch out for that text. Cause I think we'll have that. I don't know when, but yeah, definitely. I mean, and then if you guys do decide to host some type of SWAT school or something like that, yeah, and we're, we've t- we've talked about that. It's just a matter of logistics of trying to put it together because we we have our own guys, um, and that's kind of what launched the conversation. Is that every year we have new guys on our team? Seems like yeah, um, and trying to get them through our own what we consider a SWAT basic has become this this yearly week long slog through a bunch of training, and it was a conversation that we had about a couple years ago about why don't we invite other people from other agencies to come join into this and do a sort of train the trainer? Gotcha. You know, Cause it's post certified we get post hours for it. I think it would be great. Have like a, a regional SWAT basic instead of just our team. Yeah. And instead of, you know, Oh my precious, this is ours. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's just kind of my thought. Like let's, let's open the doors a little bit and let other people jump into. So, Especially if you're willing to go to other towns, yeah, to uh, to uh, do SWAT stuff for them, yeah. Maybe they'd be willing to train officers into being able to do somewhat of that stuff. Yeah, but it's I, we take for granted that we've been running this tactic and working together as a team for years. So like just jumping in and trying. I remember when we when we switched over to this tactic that we run now, it was like we were all like fish out of water because we'd been doing it a different way for so long that it took, I mean, a whole solid week of us doing it to kind of get, get it down. And then we took it home from that class and just shifted and molded it into what it's become now. And it's, it's one of those things that the, we still work with the guy that trained us on this tactic originally. I'm going to get him on the show. Eventually I talked with him about it. He's, he's got a storied military background you know, gotcha. those like units that people don't talk about and all that shit, but we've taken it to a whole other level amongst ourselves as a team and the way that we've adapted it to fit our needs and just changed little things and added shit, taking shit out. Um, that when he shows up every year, he has to really work to come up with 
scenarios and drills and stuff that challenge us and put us, you know, deeper into the tactic. Um, mm-hmm. And it ends up being just a really solid application of the basics of everything he taught us, you know, seven years ago. So, yeah, um, I'll talk about this shit all day long. <laughs> oh, it drives my wife nuts. All right, folks, thanks for coming. That was episode 14 with my buddy Austin talking about some rural badge problems, which are problems in and of themselves of a whole other variety if you've ever been there. So if you're a first responder and you want to get on the show, make sure you hit me up on Instagram at door.podcast. We'll chat, get some information, and uh, try to get you on the show because I can do it remotely, obviously. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Again, this is the Door Up Podcast. Make sure you find us on Apple Podcasts. Get subscribed there. New episodes, when they come out, will get automatically downloaded to your device. Same thing with a Podbean subscription if you guys are Android users. Uh, it's a good way to find us there. Make sure you check us out. Stay up to date on when new episodes are coming out. Hopefully, I can squeak this one in just by the end of the, end of the month of August. Today is the 31st. I've got a few hours left. Everybody stay safe, stay frosty, and wash your hands.